It is our first installment of Third Round Thursdays here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast where we make two of the Broncos third round picks. We choose it, we simulate it, and we share it with Broncos country. You get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is officially third round Thursday, and this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Our High Sports Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host and my good friend, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com, hat game enthusiast, extraordinaire. You get all that here on the show. And look, Sarah, I'm excited that we get a kickoff third round Thursday here. The Broncos, as we know, their first picks will be in round number three. This is a great way for Broncos country to get involved. We went through, I did a mock draft where I chose the Broncos' first two picks of the NFL draft at 67-68 in the third round. You did one as well individually, and then we simulated one at the end, and we discussed whether or not we're happy with what the simulation brought forth for this Broncos football team, my friend. So, hey, let's waste no time getting into it. We'll get into my mock draft here. At pick number 67, there are some options on the table for me. I went with an offensive tackle, okay? It may or may not be popular in the eyes of Broncos country, but for me, I went with Blake Freeland. He's an offensive tackle coming out of BYU Six foot seven, 302 pounds. There's a multitude of reasons why I chose to go with this pick, but one of the big reasons as well is because, you know me, I'm a, I'm a rasshole. R-A-S-H-O-L-E, relative athletic score. And for a guy who's an offensive tackle, as we see over the years, like more bigger guys, defensive linemen, offensive linemen, they're having really you know, extremely high athletic scores. And obviously, shout out to Kent Platt there, but his relative athletic score is a 9.8. Three. That's pretty good considering an offensive tackle who you get in value at the third round specifically. Cody, you know what this says to me right here? I, I know this is not a conventional clock, but it, it seems like this pick that you got right here is let me bring the watch into frame. It seems like this pick right here kind of uh, starts the old sand timer on one Garrett Bowles. What's your rationale kind of behind taking a tackle here for the Broncos? I know, like you said, may not be popular among everybody in the fan base, but at the same time, maybe very, very popular among a lot of people in Broncos country. What's the what's the motivation? What do you think? Put on your George Payton hat for a second here. Why offensive tackle with the top pick? And this is where I, I was going back and forth, right? Because there are some pretty good players, skill player positions that were available. I went with offensive tackle. Not only, as you mentioned, look, Garrett Bull's coming off of a major injury, but I'd, I'd say like the main reason is Denver right now, I look at their backup offensive tackles that give the Will Shermans of the world. You have, you know, Quinn Bailey who could play that. I'm not sold on these guys. Like if you, if you lose Garrett Bowles or Mike McGlinchey to an injury, I, I feel like Denver's screwed. I feel like that is like DEFCON 1. You're smashing that button. You're saying, what are we going to do here? How do we adjust? I think Denver has to address that offensive tackle depth there. And right, and look, if you get a guy with a high relative athletic score, uh, you know, when I look at what Ian Cummings said about him as well, Pro Football Network's Ian Cummings, he says he has core strength to maintain extensions and stymie power rushes when in phase, and he keeps rushers inside his shadow after torquing with his hips. 
for his size, like I mentioned, six foot seven, three hundred and two pounds. His athleticism is eye catching, and he says he has great hip fluidity, which is always a good thing, right? When we talk about offensive linemen and pass protection, or even run, being able to step laterally, you have to have great hips, you have to have great feet, and if Denver loses a starting offensive tackle, you need a guy who maybe can step up and step in. And I'm not saying that Blake Freeland's going to come in and start and, you know, make an instant impact, but having a guy like him who can learn, let's say everyone stays healthy for a year or two years, can learn behind them and develop in the system under Zach Streif that Sean Payton wants. He absolutely could be a guy that you bring in and maybe put in, like if you move on from Garrett Bowles, bang, you put him in there right next to Mike McGlinchey. To me, I think it's a good contingency plan to have, and that is ultimately why I went with offensive tackle, and I went with Freeland here with my first pick in third round Thursdays at number 67. Number 68, there that I, I chose as well. It may or may not be popular in the eyes of Broncos country, but for me, I look at you know the writing on the wall with it, and I, I like explosive athletes. You know me, I'm a defensive guy, but I went with the all-offensive mock draft here. I selected Israel Abanaconda, running back, out of pit. He's five foot eleven, two hundred and sixty pounds. He is an elite athlete. He has extremely great testing charts there. When we talk about athletic score, he comes in at a nine point eight eight RAS score. And I factor in realistically looking at it, this might put the kibosh on Denver bringing back a guy like Latavius Murray, who Sean Payne said, you know, it's kind of on the table. He said, we'll see. But as it stands right now, Javante coming off the ACL, you add Samaj P. Ryan. I think a guy like Abanaconda could be a great outlet and a great addition to your room. Doesn't necessarily have to start, but Samaje, if he does start, if Javante's not ready, Abanaconda is a great guy to compliment him, in my opinion. Abanaconda forever. That's what I say, Cody. <laughs> I think definitely I, I like this pick, man. I love it. I'm all for the offensive skill guys. You know me. I'm a little greedy when it comes. I like the fantasy football types of picks. And look, I'm not ready for Samaje Pirine to be the team's starting running back with all due respect to P Ryan. I think he's a great back to have in the, in the rotation. And I love Sean Payton's philosophy of keeping these backs fresh, but I'm saying uh, a Bonaconda forever. You draft this guy, you bring him in. You've got a, what, what did you say? A 9.88 RAS score. I mean, this guy has obviously elite athletic tools. Certainly you're bringing in somebody that's going to help your running back rotation stay fresh all throughout the year. Let's just, Let's just throw out the hypothetical. You want Javante Williams to take a little extra time into the season. You bring in Abanaconda forever. This guy's going to come in and help you along with Samaj P. Ryan, along with maybe anybody else that emerges. You're going to be able to have a running back room that you can feel confident letting Javante get back to 100%. Cody, I like this pick a lot. That factored really into my rationale there because I think – as we're starting to see the NFL, it's more so transitioning to the by committee approach, right? You don't want Javante to be the primary bell cow where he's getting 25 carries a game because over a course of a 17-game season and he get to the postseason, it's not sustainable. We've seen the wear and tear on running backs, not to mention him coming off the major injury that he is. I think if you have a balance of Javante, a Bonaconda forever, as you mentioned here, and Samaje Pirine, I think those are three very capable backs. And look, the thing about Abanaconda that also stands out, he's got elite physical skills, he's got explosiveness, and he runs through tackles, right? Who else did that in the rookie season? Javante Williams. And I, I trust the Broncos scouting and personnel department. We'll see where he goes in this conversation because there's every there's always a running back every once in a while. I know this year the talk is going to be it's going to be Bijan Robinson out of Texas who's going to go in round one. 
outside of that, you don't see many backs going round one. You see them going round two, round three, like the be- some of the best backs, unless there's like a, a the next Derrick Henry out there or Adrian Peterson somewhere. So for me, I think these these were good picks that I think are going to pay dividends, not only just in the short term for Denver, but also the possibility for the long term, which when you're drafting, that should always be at the forefront. This is a guy who can help us now if we need him. And this is a guy who can help us down the road and maybe be a starter for us if we need him as well. So that factored in to my rationale here on my third round Thursday mock draft pick. But Broncos country, we're going to get a Sarah Bettinger's mock draft here for the Denver Broncos in the third round as he conducted one himself you like my picks if you didn't like them let me know in the youtube comment section down below we're going to continue to discuss this all on today's brand new episode locked on broncos today's episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel. the nba playoffs they're almost here and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, america's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the FanDuel sportsbook app it's safe it's secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers in a game, threes drained, plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. It's third round Thursday here on Locked On Broncos. And Cody and I are going with a bit of an offensive flavor here with these mock drafts. Of course, we're looking at just third round picks that the Broncos have. Picks 67 and pick 68. Cody and I, we use different mock draft simulators trying to mix up the the big boards and keep it objective as we're using these different you know people ranking. But that's another thing to keep in mind, I think, Cody, as we kind of talk through this. It's like... Somebody that's available at 67 on a mock draft machine could end up going 40th overall in the real draft. And somebody that, you know, is going 32nd or 40th or 45th could end up lasting to the Broncos pick. So we have no idea what where these boards are going to land. But I'm getting a little crafty with this mock draft. Okay, I'm getting a little crafty and I'm going back to my roots in the Dakotas. Of course, you know, Cody, I'm from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, originally and South Dakota State in Brookings, just a, just a few miles down the way there, they have a tight end named Tucker Craft, and he is my top pick. He's pick number 67 in my first third-round Thursday mock draft, and I love Tucker Craft's game. I want to put on the tinfoil hat here for just a second. Sean Payton, in his time as an assistant coach, as a head coach in the NFL, there's been a very eerie common theme at all of his different stops that he's had, where he's been an offensive coordinator or higher. Cody, when he was with the New York Giants back in the day, they not only took uh, Jeremy Shockey for the first-round pick, but they also drafted one Dan Campbell in the third round back in, I believe it was uh, 1999, 2000, something like that. So in that range, right? He took Dan Campbell in round three. Then he goes to the Dallas Cowboys. In 2003, they selected a certain tight end out of Tennessee named Jason Witten. Then he goes to the New Orleans Saints to become head coach. And they took this you know, former basketball player out of Miami in round three uh, in a particular draft. His name, Jimmy Graham. Do you think the third round could be that sweet spot for Sean Payton to find his tight end that he just maybe that's his like, uh, you know, his lucky gem as an NFL coach? I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. And I think when you look at history and you look at maybe strategy, guys that he's learned from, obviously Bill Parcells, that's a that's a very, very damn good coach to learn from. 
philosophically, I think there are a lot of ways in, in which they are similar. And for a guy like Peyton, look, I think his comments more recently about Greg Dulcich or more so the Broncos offense at tight end specifically, I think warrant some validity to your pick here because what he said there, we know that that Dulcich has elite athleticism, but he didn't really give a ringing endorsement of him. Albert Okuebunam, who had such an up and down year last year, some of the things out of his control is not guaranteed to make the roster in training camp. You bring in Chris Manhurts, who is a guy that Peyton brought in, is familiar with. It is going to be the blocking tight end. Outside of that, Sarah, what do you have at that position? So I, I like the pick here. And we talk about guys who are athletic in line, can be flexed out, can be a receiver on the outside. That's what Kraft kind of fits the bill. So for you, was this really, was that maybe one of the more bigger reasons why you decided to go with this pick at 67, considering the Broncos tight end room right now is a massive question mark? It really is. I think everything that you mentioned is kind of what led me to this conclusion. Also, the fact that Tucker Kraft, when you're looking at the best players available on the list that I was given, he was, I think, the second or third guy on the list, actually behind the guy that I'm going to pick next. So I, I liked his ability to play in line. He's one of the guys that I have done. You know, Cody, I don't cover the NFL draft anymore. I used to do that on a full-time basis, so I don't cover it full-time anymore. But he's one of the guys that I've watched kind of in depth. And you watch his game, and man, he was, at one point, they were considering him potential first-round draft pick. He suffered an injury this past year, actually uh, against Iowa, my Iowa Hawkeyes. He suffered an injury, went out of that game, came back later in the year. He's a freak athlete, 9.65 in the RAS department. So he fits our brand in terms of, you know, a really, really good athlete. But he's going to be able to play in line or flexed out wherever you need. And last year we saw Greg Dulcich struggling for about six months, like literally six months with the hamstring issue. Really, really tough to see him deal with that. He came back. Obviously, he's not the block, the traditional blocking tight end. Not that you necessarily have to be right. I mentioned Jimmy Graham was somebody that really excelled even early on for Sean Payton. He's also had guys like Jared Cook, just like he's had guys like Dan Campbell and Jason Witten, who are probably more known for being dual threats at the position. But I think Tucker Kraft is a guy that you can leave in as that tight end one who can be that main guy. You, you come out there in your base formation you're a threat to throw or run the ball with him on the field. You might be more so in those passing game packages with Dulcich. But he was my top pick. My second pick, I'm this is a, tr a true mock draft, Cody, but it's not M-O-C-K draft. It's M-A-U-C-H draft. Cody Mock, the offensive lineman from North Dakota State. I know a lot of mock drafts have him going way higher than this. He happened to be sitting on the board. I think this this particular board has him ranked. 57th, so certainly fair game when you're talking about picking 67 or 68. There was an interesting note that I looked up about this guy, as we all saw him and his, you know, his toothless smile at the Senior Bowl. Just a really, a really lovable kind of guy, Cody. He, uh, Dane Brugler, the athletic. I always I reference Dane Brugler a lot because I think he's just got one of the best eyes for talent. He was watching as Cody Mock was taking some snaps at center at the Senior Bowl, and he said on Twitter back in January, he said. I wouldn't be surprised if Mock ended up as the top center from this class when all is said and done. It's a really interesting type of prospect I think the Broncos could consider in terms of having positional versatility, like you mentioned in the first segment about needing depth at tackle or elsewhere on the offensive line.
I like that, and I think it's important that you mention that positional versatility, right? Because when you look at the offensive line, we already know, okay, hey, right guard, you got Quinn Miners. Left guard, you got Ben Powers. You know, you, you have guys who are already firm there. But even like we talk about the depth at tackle right now for Denver. We, you know, that's why I addressed that in one of my mocks, you know, in the previous segment. Really, the depth at the interior of the offensive line as well is definitely in question. But with Lloyd Cushingberry entering the last year of his deal in Denver, and you bring in a veteran guy in Kyle Fuller as well. This has all the makings, in my opinion, with this pick here. Not only do you have a guy who can play guard, he can play center, but you have a guy who can maybe start for you week one if necessary in this pick. Now, what factored into that? I mean, outside of positional versatility, was the main reason that you went with this pick because of the uncertainty of the center position with Fuller and with Cushenberry? Well, I think you just need, I think the Broncos do need to draft a starter for 2024 with one of their picks in this draft, right? I know that not everybody's going to want to see or hear that, but I do think there's something to this idea of like your pick in, uh, in your segment, Cody of Blake Freeland, the tackle from BYU or a pick like Cody mock right here, just to say, Hey, maybe they don't start this year as a center or a tackle or what have you, but maybe by 2024, you can pencil them in to replace Garrett Bowles or replace Lloyd Cushenberry because the Broncos are going to need to get a little cheaper at the at the offensive line, right? You paid big money to Ben Powers. You paid big money to Mike McGlinchey. You're looking at, I mean, this is already Quinn Miner's third season in the league. So at, at, he'll be a free agent in 2025. You got to think about that as well. You need to get a little cheaper at these positions. I think if you draft somebody that you feel can start for you by 2024, if not sooner than that, I think that's a, a worthwhile strategy to take. And we know how Sean Payton loves to build in the trenches. I think this is very likely to happen at some point. Well, not to mention with Zach Streif, who you know has played a multitude of positions on the offensive line, is now the new O-line coach, wants to instill that Sean Payton mentality inside the trenches. I'm excited. I like that. I did notice you did go with the Dakotas. You know, you went to North Dakota State, you went with South Dakota. I mean, this is the Dakota draft here. From Sarah Bettinger, Rockos Country, share your thoughts on Sarah's draft in the YouTube comments down below. If you want to share on Twitter, you can always tweet us at CareerWorkNFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at LockedOnBroncos. One thing we also did here is we continue our third round Thursday here in the Lockdown Broncos podcast. We simulated a mock draft and we saw which simulator took which players and we discussed whether or not they were good additions by the simulator itself. Well, you'll get that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Real quick, let me tell you about the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast hosted by the Draft Dudes, Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino. They're NFL experts and obviously you can catch them every single day on your favorite podcast and provider. They bring you through everything that it takes to build a successful NFL franchise, whether it be through salary cap management, free agency, building through the NFL draft. They have you covered every single day. You can find the Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As we continue on here on Third Round Thursday in the Locked On Broncos podcast, we asked a mock draft simulator to pick the Broncos picks at 67 and 68 with no influence from us. And we were pleasantly surprised with some of the results here. Thank you so much, Broncos Country, for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. We appreciate you so much for taking time to listen or to watch us in your favorite audio podcasting platform or on YouTube. Sarah, I, this week we went with the simulated mock draft. Next week we're going to have Broncos Country send in their third round only mock drafts. We'll choose the best ones to highlight here on an episode of the show here. We simulated it using the Pro Football Network Mock Draft Simulator, 
And I think the results are actually pretty surprising, pretty decent so far at this point. At pick number 67, the Broncos, they added a skill player. They added a wide receiver from LSU and Kayshawn Boutte. Five foot 11, 195 pounds was LSU's top wide receiver, was given the number seven jersey, which goes to really the best player on the football team. Um, this one is interesting considering that where Kayshawn Boutte was previously at just a couple years ago, they were like, hey, this is going to be a top five draft pick when he declares. Injuries have happened. Some, uh, some group gatherings have happened that have impacted maybe his draft stock, and he didn't necessarily test well at the combine, and he didn't do a pro day. You know, he he obviously ran a four or five forty yard dash, but he's not participating in his LSU pro day. There are some questions about Kayshawn Boutte, but to me, Sarah, this is an interesting one. I'm eager for your thoughts on it. I feel like this could be low risk, high reward. I know people are going to look at, well, it's one of your third round picks. There's a reason he went here. What are your thoughts on Kayshawn Boutte? Well, first of all, Cody, I think people need to understand that is definitively how you pronounce his last name. It looks like it's it looks like Butte, but it's it is actually Boutte for anybody that's going to wonder about that in the comments. I I love this pick, honestly. I you know me once again, the skill positions on the offensive side of the ball, specifically wide receiver. I've been kind of pounding the table for the Broncos to take somebody here and I think if you can get somebody like Kayshawn Boutte who really has that, you know, previous body of work. Like a lot of Broncos fans Pretty excited about the Marquez Callaway pickup for what he did in 2021. I think we could get pretty excited about a Keishon Boutte draft pick based on what he did in 2021 and the trajectory that he was on. He plays fast. He plays uh, really aggressive at the catch point. He obviously, he went up and practiced against some of the, the best in the country. Specifically, uh, remember, everybody knows Derek Stingley Jr., the third overall pick in last year's draft. I mean, there's footage out there of Keyshawn Boutte and Derek Stingley Jr. going at it in practice and Boutte getting the better of him. There's a reason why this guy got the number seven jersey at LSU, which is obviously a huge badge of honor for any football player that plays there. Cody, this is this is a player that I would be very interested in. I like the, the simulator going after uh, a wide receiver here because it doesn't get talked about enough. The Broncos could complete reset this position after the 2023 season I would consider just about everybody in that group to basically be on a one-year deal I know that's not literally the case but I think you gotta this is an evaluation year if you're not trading Jerry Judy if you're not trading Cortland Sutton everybody in that room is on a one-year deal and I would say that man a, a guy like Keishon Boutte he could really upgrade the wide receiver room even immediately I think he's a he's the type of player that could come in and contribute right away. I like it, and you really it, it, kind of the opposite, right? You know, you look at wide receiver, who covers wide receivers is cornerbacks. That's where the PFN mock draft simulator went with the next pick here at number sixty-eight. They went with Tyreek Stevenson, cornerback out of Miami. He's a six foot, two hundred and pound, lengthy guy. Uh, he's got a relative athletic score of eight point eight seven. He's got a thirty-seven point seven inch vertical. Ian Cummings, draft analyst over there at Pro Football Network, says that he's an he's a supremely explosive athlete who brings excellent closing speed downhill. We talk about click and close, long striding accelerator with elite explosive capacity. Uh, so for me, you look at where Denver is at. Obviously, Patrick Sertan, Damari Mathis projected to start a cornerback. I mean, he was drafted round four last year. Denver could go like if they were to go with this route here in round three. What does that say about the cornerback room and maybe how they feel about it, considering you have Sertan? You're going to have to lock him up here in the next year or so, two years from now. 
How do you feel about this one? Like, I, I like it because for me, I'm always a guy that you can never have enough cornerbacks considering where you have an injury. You need to make sure you have a guy who's ready to step in. Obviously, they added Tremont Smith, who's going to play a pivotal role on special teams. Will be cornerback depth. Do we feel like the Tremont Smith addition at cornerback is enough to say, hey, you don't need to draft a cornerback? Or do you say, hey, this is a good draft pick for the Broncos here at 68? Right. Do you feel one injury away at the cornerback position from player X, whether it's Tremont Smith, whether it's somebody like Tyreek Stevenson from Miami? Uh, I know we we talked about another guy like Jalen Jones from Texas A&M as well. I think, Cody, this is a range where the Broncos could look. Maybe cornerback is their top pick in this year's draft, and then they trade pick number 68 to move back. Cornerback, to me, could fit right up there in terms of the top areas that this team could look to address just because, like you said, you can never have too many, first of all. But second of all, linear growth in the NFL is a bit irrational to expect. Like, not every player at their position is going to be Pat Sertan, who's just, man guy just keeps getting better and better and i'm not saying that to be negative towards damari mathis i do believe he's going to have a great second season cody but man he you never know with young players are they going to take a step back in year two are you going to have to reevaluate remember the broncos were pretty confident after isaac yadam's rookie season that he was going to be a full-time starter right so i just i don't think you can really bank on any of these types of things working out especially when you're talking about mid-round picks so I would definitely take another shot at a cornerback it's a premium position in today's NFL and it there's some decent guys at the top of this class like Tyreek Stevenson I would definitely be willing to take this shot just because not to be pessimistic about Damari Mathis but to be a bit realistic that growth and progression and getting better it's not always a linear process for NFL guys, sometimes you do take a step back before you take that step forward. I think the Broncos should continue to invest in their best position coaches. I've said that before. I'll continue to say it again. Invest in your best position coaches. I think Christian Parker is one of them. Give him some more toys. Give him some more tools to work with. You know, especially as well. I know we saw the news this past week of Fion Hicks, uh, you know, getting arrested. Not sure how that's going to impact his status with the Broncos something they'll probably look at. George, Sean will talk about it and decide what they want to do. Obviously, an initial draft pick for them last year uh, got cut and put on the practice squad. You know, just didn't work out necessarily how they had equated to at you know first glance there. We'll see how that maybe impacts things in terms of what the Broncos do in this year's NFL draft. Broncos country, let us know your thoughts on the mock drafts that we provided for you today. Sayers, myself, and the simulated mock draft. Next week, though, Keep an eye out for the prompt on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL at Sarah Bettinger at Lockdown Broncos. We'll put the tweet out asking Broncos country to send us their third round mock draft and we'll feature the best ones on Thursday of next week here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. We appreciate you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Enjoy the rest of your day. Sarah and I will be back tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show where we continue our state of the Broncos approach. We take a look at edge rusher. Is that position room better in 2023 than it was last year? We have some questions about that. You get that 